Good morning, everyone. You all right? Excellent. It's lovely to be here. It really is. I, uh, I have 35 years of Junction 10 in me, most of my life. So when I'm with you, whether it's here or relationally with some of you, I'm at home. Um, interesting choice of words there, Joy, in terms of positioning people for where they need to be. I think there's two things I need to do today. And I don't do this very often now, going around and doing preaching, talking. It's not my primary gift in. And with respect, there's not that many places around where the soil is malleable enough to receive something fresh. I'm sad to say. And uh, life's too short. But I feel I need to do two things. is to speak to you as individuals. Some of you very, very specifically around the turning. But I think my main task today is to speak to you as a church, as a group of people, as a body. So hopefully you'll be ready for both. And I think the, the, the primary purpose is to lift hope. So in terms of the turning, it's interesting the word turning and the word junction. They come from the same concept of the end of something and the beginning of something. Uh, it's also interesting that 2017 is phenomenally junctional and a turning point for the Church of Junction 10 because the church was founded in 1978. So we come into a 40-year anniversary next year, which biblically is incredibly significant in terms of generations. Very, very, very significant. Whether we catch it or not, it is. If we catch it, it's better. It's even more significant. But I have this sentence in my mind around the turning. Penny prayed in the meeting before. Joe and Rachel referred to the concept that people may be afraid to step out. Let's be honest, we're all afraid to step out. I believe that the fear ultimately leads us to a lack of hope. Very few people live, get f afraid of something and live forever in the state of fear, but they lose hope. And you can be sure that whenever a person loses hope in any given situation, they are operating under the influence of a lie. Let me say that again, like John used to do. If anyone today, if your life is defined by a lack of hope, it could be about your marriage, about your, your kids, it could be about your job prospects, it could be about your health, it could be about your church. If you today are facing a situation where you lack hope, where there is no hope, we're going to pray right now. And what we're going to pray is that the Holy Spirit will break the power of a lie. Because if you live without hope, I can tell you now, if you've just sung the songs about who is with us, there is no situation that we can ever face where we can be without hope. There's no situation, folks. So when we, we're thinking about Junction 10, the land, the future of the church, some of you maybe have lost hope. Well, today we're going to remind you, we're going to lift your hope. Well, the Spirit of God is going to lift your hope. If some of you are facing terminal illness and they've told you at the hospital there's no hope, I'm going to tell you today, there's hope. Is that all right? And this is especially pertinent to the people that don't even realize they've lost hope. You've just become numb. So if that's you, we're going to close our eyes. If you want to stand, feel free to stand. If that's you, you need to maybe place your hand on your heart, hand on your head, do whatever you want. Ultimately, the physical stuff we do is, it makes no difference. But there is someone in the room with us who has more money than any wealthy person on the planet. 
there is someone in the room who carries the, the ability, in, ca- in fact, the nature to heal more than any treatment on the planet. And I could go on. So Holy Spirit, thank you that you, you are with us. We don't have to summon you up. We don't have to beg you. We don't have to ask you to do things that are outside of your normal nature. We want to ask you to be you this morning. And I break the power of every lie in this building in the name of Jesus. We expose the lie in the name of Jesus. And we speak peace, health, prosperity, hope, and joy over these beautiful people in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Guys, if that's you, go out of this place today and believe that the Lord has done something in your heart and expect faith and hope to rise. And let me encourage you to get involved with the turning. I'm sure most of you know about it. Uh, One of the most amazing stories coming out of the turning is within the first 24 hours when it first happened in Reading, the most surprisingly successful person was a nine-year-old girl who within the first couple of hours had found herself leading over 20 people to the Lord. Stunning. I know that can raise some level of cynicism in us sometimes. Yeah, but were they really saved? Yeah. And how do we ever know? But we sow the seeds, don't we? So let me encourage you. Let me eyeball you all. Get involved. Uh, my own personal story, the, last, the, the second half of last year was the most amazing experience in my whole life when I began to just step out in little ways, talking to people, praying for people who were ill, and seeing some miraculous things happen as well. And you know what, guys? you know whose hands it's going to be on the streets of Warsaw that may be bringing health and healing? And whose tongue it is who are going to bring words of hope? Me and you, innit? So let me encourage you to do it. Is that all right? Okay, so that's my individual bit gone. Um, I want to speak to you as, as a group of people this morning, guys, and I feel so excited. There are sometimes when you come into a church situation and you bring in a, a message and you've spent time on it and you've articulated it and you know you're going to deliver something and it's great, but ultimately you don't really think deep down, I don't think, it may bring significant change. What I'm going to read out to you today I think is going to bring significant change, massive change. And what, what I felt to do was to dig into the spiritual <coughs> prophetic chronicles of Junction 10 this week. All that means, if you're from Gornal, is there have been various prophetic words spoken over you, or I'd like to say we, us as a church, please, uh, over many, 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 many years by some very, very gifted people in the body of Christ and by some of us. We've prophesied things over the future of our church. Um, I asked the guys to send me this chronicle because I've lost track of it. And I was very happy to receive 15 documents this week from Sir Kevin. Um, some of which contain multiple prophetic words. And so I've entitled my little talk to you today, The Power of the Prophetic. And I I want to remind you there's a verse, a lovely verse in Proverbs 29, verse 18, that some of you will know already. Where there is no vision, the people perish. King James says where there's no prophetic words, the people scatter, they cast off restraint. They lack discipline. They don't hold to a vision. The, 
the actual deepest root of that word vision is, is I've done a little bit of study, Kev, is a, a Jewish word, chazon. And it, it literally, probably best translated, is prophetic vision. Because we'll all have different ideas to what vision means. But what it basically means is, unless we are hearing what the words that are coming out of the mouth of God, we will not know what to do. My old granny Floss, many of you remember her, um, she used to say to me things like, oh, that water bottle's perished. So you think, well, what does it mean to perish? It's still a water bottle. It may leak. It may no longer contain the ability to keep heat. But it's perished. It's become redundant. In other words, it ceases to be useful for the original purpose that it was created for. Okay, have you got that? It ceases to be useful for the original purpose that it was created for. So I want to ask you a question this morning, Junction 10. Why was Junction 10 born? What is the purpose of you being here this morning? See, my understanding was that a man heard from God, was obedient, came over and started to do certain things because he heard God's voice and was faithful to it. Has the purpose of God, have the words of God reached their fulfillment? Has everything been done that's needed to be done? I hope your answer is no, because if it's no, we might as well pack up and go home. If your answer is yes, I want to ask, how do we spend the rest of today? How do we spend next week? And how do we spend the rest of our lives unpacking what God is saying? Because Jesus said these words, we shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that is proceeding. The tense is present, continual. You will not live by natural things. You will find no life in doing your religious stuff week after week. No life. You may enjoy it from time to time, but you make no difference whatsoever to this community or Allenwell or wherever you may find yourself placed. Every word that is proceeding from the mouth of God. That is the reason why I wanted to dig in to find out, Lord, what have you said over this church? Because the prophetic is timeless. Whatever someone spoke over our church 15 years ago is alive today. If we can find a prophetic womb for it to land again. So I do sense that, not that you lack hope, because I'm hearing some great things about what's happening in Junction Town over the last few years. Some great stories. I'll pick them up. But I wonder whether there's an acceleration possible even today, because we're going to pray in a bit. Is there an acceleration possible today as I begin to speak out the words that have been spoken in the past again so that they're fresh to you today as though they were spoken today? I wonder what you will do with those words. How will you receive them? Really, really important. So what I'm going to do now, guys, it's going to be quite a while as well, so I'm not going to apologize. I have gone through these words meticulously, and I haven't added to them. I haven't taken anything away. I've shared him with a few people, and what I've done this morning, uh, I got up quite early, is I've gone and I've pulled out certain sections that I feel I need to read. You would have been here all afternoon, so you, I know however religious and spiritual we are, you want your dinner. So I don't know how long it's going to take, but I'm not going to apologize. I'm going to read these words out, 
I'd even encourage you to close your eyes so you don't get put off by that face and listen to the Holy Spirit whispering words into your heart. There may be one word that grabs you. There may be a sentence that grabs you. And then we're going to pray into some of these things. That's what I feel I need to do today. Is that okay? Okay. So before I do that, let me just remind you of the, the prophetic timeline for Junction 10. The church was founded in 1970. I've already told you guys, come on, wake up. 1978, okay? The first building was laid in 1990. I'm going on Andre's truth here. We reckon about 1991. 81, just making sure you were listening, you two. 1981. The church was then extended in 1986, 87, we think. WEC was its name for the first X years. Warsaw Evangelistic Centre. Most of us couldn't spell it, but it felt different at the time, didn't it? And then we rebranded to the church at Junction 10. When? Do you know anyone know? Anybody know? Anyone want to guess? Nine, 1874, somebody said. No, it was the middle of the 1990s, about 1995, 1996, the church at Junction 10 was rebranded. And then John handed over to Jonathan and the team around about 2008. Okay? And then the building was sown into the ground. You listen to some of these prophetic words from 12 years before. In 2014, well done, Will. It was written down, but I lost the place. 2014, and then the new leadership style and structure emerged in 2015. So that just gives you a quick idea of the timeline. Now, the prophetic words I'm going to read out to you now, guys, are primarily focused in 2006 and 2007, which I think is fascinating. So if any of you think, you know, oh, yeah, well, that's obvious, it, a lot of this stuff was not obvious. But it shows the hand and the voice of God directing us over a period of time. The exciting thing for me as I've read this, and hopefully for you as you hear it, is a lot of this stuff is yet to come. It's yet to come. So are you ready? I'm going to make it as interesting with my voice as I possibly can. <coughs> but I would like, it, would like you to close your eyes. If that's, but I'd like you to as well, if you don't mind. And uh, as I say, this is going to take us some, several minutes, could be 10 minutes to go through. So bear with me. I know this is challenging. Some of us would like to be entertained, don't we? Uh, I'm going to read this out. And the Holy Spirit will hopefully entertain you uh, in a very, very supernatural way. And I'm going to throw the very odd comment in. Odd being random rather than really weird. That's okay. All right. So... November 2006, a guy called Martin Scott. If you don't know Martin, it's okay. All I will say is the guy is very, very well respected across lots and lots of different denominations. And I know Kevin, his own journey with his life and the vine has been tremendously impacted by the, some of the words from Martin. So he's very well respected. 2006, you are birthing something bigger than what you think you are birthing. When you begin to see the head appear, there is a movement that you are going to pull through that is beyond 
just what you're involved in at this time. And I saw that you are seeking to rebirth. It is not a reshape, it is a rebirth. It is bringing something back again to a new birth. I could bring to birth what you are working in much more quickly if that was all it was. But there is more to it than that. Over the next five years, you're going to see such a turning in what you're involved in. It is going to be unrecognizable to what was there before. It is not just going to be contained within one location. It is going to be located, relocated, and transplanted into many locations. So I declare you've got an anointing of rebirthing in you, and you have an anointing to come to places and cause them to rebirth. We have been moved by God to cause a rebirthing to take place. It is about something coming into youthfulness, into flexibility, that evades the stuff that gets renewed. This is going to be a sign in this area, a sign of great hope. Once you've done this, there will come hope to other places to be reborn. You're going to understand the principles of death in a whole new light. And you're going to see how you're willing to go through a death process. And then you're going to touch at least to influence businesses and communities and community centers who have gone as far as they can because life will come back to them. You're carrying something strong, something heavy. You're carrying more even than you think. And you're beginning to understand it. Just later than that, another prophetic word again by Martin. There are so many places in transition and you have to see yourselves in the context of a bigger picture. There's an awful lot that is changing and transition is a very challenging time. It is a most difficult time and you can get thrown off track in the midst of transition. Transition is the end of one phase and the beginning of another most seasons end in the midst of crisis or pressure. Listen to this bit, guys. Well, especially. The end could be without seeing everything you expected to see in that season. Because there is a principle in God that you have vision for a season, but that not all of it is fulfilled because part of that vision is what goes into the ground and dies. And that is what will give you the harvest in the next season. So it is learning to be a little bit at peace in a time of transition and not getting thrown off course. We pray faith into this church. It's not over and it's not in decline. Even when numbers seem to be threatened and there seems to be so many voices that seem to clamor for attention, I hear the sound of many voices coming. Some dissent in terms of what the church should be. A lot of voices that are wanting to pull it back. Voices saying that is not the way it used to be. We want to go back to how things were. The Spirit of God says these voices will not prevail. This is a season where you just have to steer the ship. You just have to keep the ship steered through the direction because there are stormy waters that are here. But if you keep the rudder pointing in the direction that the Spirit of God has given to you, you'll be well. I want to declare over this church that there are many projects coming out of this body. There are days you've been laboring for. So I call forth, my God, a new season. I declare, Father, you're going to begin to find projects. Personnel will come. 
where they really are going to touch not just religious faiths, Lord, but the hearts of the poor and the marginalized. They're going to find a home here. We thank you for that, Lord. New partnerships are right on the horizon, both in this area and in the nations. There's an international dynamic coming to the church, Father, and that we call forth today in the name of Jesus and say, Father, these are the days that we've been laboring for in Jesus' name. I want to declare a training anointing, a training anointing. Think of training in the broadest of context. We declare it the day, today a release in this church through training, through mentoring, my God. We declare, Father, it's not about pacifying the old, it's about releasing the new. So I want to pull, Father, I want to pull the new, the younger who are coming into this church, who are wanting to be released. We call them forth in the name of Jesus. We're going to come back to this. And we want to call forth every person, young and old, to line up. But Lord, we want to silence every voice that would come from the past, rising up to say that we won't run with this. I see, remember 2006, I see a remodeling taking forth in your build. I want to call that forth in the name of Jesus. This building is to be everything that it needs to be, to be remodeled, reshaped, in order that it becomes appropriate for the next phase. Everything that has to be done to be finished, we call forth in the name of Jesus. We call forth in the name of Jesus. This thing is going to be a benefit in the community, a whole new life to what it's been in the past. So I declare it's a new day. I declare counseling facilities in that building. I declare debt counseling. Declare counseling in terms of healing taking place in that building. In Jesus' name, we just declare it's coming into a whole new phase. We want to begin to declare, Father, some fresh apostolic coming upon this place, my God, where it's going to be a gathering point for many visions, not just a fulfillment of a vision from the past, but many visions are going to sit within that building in Jesus' name. And we agree with that today, amen? It's going to be a releasing place for many people who are going to flow out of that building and back in. There's going to be as many times when there's going to be more people, not literally, carrying some outside the building, there is inside the building. So the whole rhythm of this is going to change in days to come where there's going to be a season of great strategic meetings there. And there'll be seasons of people who are going to be out doing things and almost outside of the building, then inside. Think about the turning maybe. But I declare a remodeling, a reshaping. I call forth even finances for that. I believe that there are finances that are outside of church structures to flow in. 2006. So I want to call for that end. And I speak against every block in the name of Jesus. All the red tape. 2006. We speak against in the name of Jesus. A year later, 2007, I want to declare that you are coming here to do a most unusual work. I really do believe that God wants to take this church to a place where it will no longer be defined. Where some people will say, ah, oh, you're this type of church, and then they'll think, no, you're, you're not, are you? They will not be able to pin you down easily. I really believe the Lord is taking you as a church community out of narrow definition and putting you into a broad place. And yet there is a spirit of unity that will begin to flow through this body. I see the Spirit of God coming 
there will be clashes but they will be gentle clashes I don't want to stand with you against unholy disagreements but I do want to release clashes in the spirit there are clashes of perspective clashes of vision clashes of style but let them be clashes that are gentle and readjust one another I believe that God is going to raise this place up as a significant storehouse. A place where things are going to be developed, dreams are going to be incubated and released. Folks, much of this is yet to come. I do not want to be prescriptive because I don't want to colour. But even before, whatever you do, building-wise, 2007... I do believe that God is going to put a diversity in this place, a diversity of what goes on, a diversity of teams, and a diversity of needs. I believe there is going to be a training anointing that's going to come on this church where he's going to release here where you are going to train people up in a diversity of ways of proclaiming the gospel and reaching out. That is amazing. I want to stir up, Lord, such a deep well of the prophetic. And this is where I feel what I'm going to say tonight. Our ability as a church to receive the word of God with an amen. Even when we don't understand it, even when it might seem crazy, is what positions us. Our ability to receive the word of God, no matter how crazy, how odd, how wonderful, how whatever it is, is what ultimately positions us. Remember, the angel comes to Mary, tells her what's going to happen, and she says, how can this be? He comes to Zechariah and says something, and Zechariah says, oh, how can that be? Same response, different heart. Thank you, Father, that you have put out within this body such a strong missional anointing, and I call again for this new level today. There is going to come out of this place those that carry missions to touch nations. Did you hear that? Have you got hope for that? Is there a place in your heart where you can believe without of you? Maybe you will carry mission to nations. So Lord, I bless Junction 10 and say these are good days when you are stretching people in this body when you are not letting them settle down, I do find that quite funny. You are not letting them settle down. So I just call for this to come even higher than it has ever been before. We thank you that there is also going to come up a real connection with the schools in the area. Interesting, isn't it? I believe that from this body of people, I pray, open the doors for these things to take place. That's what we're going to do in a minute. We're going to pray for doors to open and to release this prophetic. I also believe that this church is going to release people who belong here, but they're carrying on a ministry or a work of service out into the community. Sounds obvious now, doesn't it? But not 11 years ago, maybe. Not under the umbrella of the church, but in relationship with the church. Within the church, a real diversity to spring forth. I call forth, Lord, a diversity of age, that the church would model something age-wise of the generations, not in competition, but in harmony. This church will be a model for change. <laughs> we are praying for a catalyst that will rise up and provoke change at a quicker rate than we've ever seen before. 
I pray for a silencing of the voices that come out of a bad attitude or the wrong dissatisfaction. I pray that you'll restore, and oh Lord, we love this, in the coming days, some of the roots of the charismatic signs and wonders. Come on. Signs and wonders that would be fully restored. Fully restored. And there will be something here of integrity, not of hyping things up, but things being absolutely earthed. And I pray, Father, that there will be a rising up in the heavens and going deeper than ever before into the earth. And I pray for a new confidence to come up on the leadership that would not be looking over their shoulder, but a confidence that you've placed in the midst of the people to follow something new and something fresh. Oh, hallelujah. Sorry. I didn't even catch this this morning, some of it, guys. It's, there's an anointing on this. I hope, yeah, okay. Last bit. A little bit later in 2007, and this is notes taken, not specifically the word being written out, but I just, I've got to put this in. Some of these things are going to happen inspired by God that is going to accelerate the change. 2007, accelerate the change. You will have to face the challenge, listen, of doing the unthinkable. Some of us have had to face the challenge of doing the unthinkable in this church. And I thank God that he told us before, even though probably at the time we never quite realized it. In order, why, why, why do we do the unthinkable? In order to see others connect with Jesus. Last one. This is from someone within Junction 10, and I didn't know who this was till yesterday. I'm going to read this out. It's called The Now Place. And it was spoken over us as a church in March 2011. So this is more up to date, though still six years ago. But just remember, a day with the Lord is as a thousand years. And a thousand years a day. So six years works out to probably about 11 minutes. So God God only said this a few minutes ago. And that's what I want you to catch. Some of you weren't even in the church when these things were said. It makes no difference. You're here now. You're part of a birth. You're part of a womb. You're part of a body of people that are meant to release something into the earth that will not only change your lives, that's great, and maybe the lives of your family and friends, that's fantastic, and maybe the neighborhoods, the communities that we serve, fantastic, maybe the town. These words, guys, are deeper. These words are calling out on an apostolic anointing on this church that I know John felt 40 years ago that this church would have an impact on the nation and the nations. And in a minute, we're going to call it up and pray. So I'm going to read out the last one, and I'm going to ask you to stand, and we're going to pray into just three or four things. We're not going to take ages, because you don't need to, sometimes when the prophetic's on or something, you just need to say amen. You know, some of Jesus' prayers were the shortest prayers, weren't they? Yeah? He went up on the mountain, did his praying, came back down, and when he prayed, he just said, stretch forth your hand, come on. The now place. Through prophetic insight and encouragement, I will direct your way. A series of steps will become obvious in the context of your renewed mind. My light will shine, providing both an enlightenment of the path and a more highly charged laser focus for the specifics of the journey. By the very nature of the word journey, you will not be here again, 2011. You are moving on to something very different from before. The old map, books, guides, ordnance survey maps will not suffice. 
there will be an immediate regular GPRS reading that will give a specific update on your new now place. For some of these places, no one has been there before except me. And if you listen carefully and look, search intently to me, you will know the direction to the new now place. Don't bring bags of previous possessions, views, hardships. Don't bring any money because my provision will be more than sufficient for the now place. Pitch a tent. Interesting. But not for long before we move on together to the next now place. Early on in our journey, there will be more sojourning and stopping places as your mind is renewed. I think this is speaking to you as a group, not as an individual. Ears unstopped, eyes opened, and your body increasingly becomes a ready temple for my spirit. Fit, ready, enriched. Then we will stride on farther into a grand now place that I have prepared for you. You are preparers of the way for others to follow. The crooked paths will be made straight to provide quicker and easier access to the new place. He who sits on the third circle of the earth will oversee this max exodus of his righteous, sanctified people. The destiny is the foot of the cross. To be so close to the redemptive work of the gospel for healing, oppression, life, peace and joy. An enlargement of our place, our tent, our life. A looking up to the one who oversees all things. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of our journey. So can you just look up and just give me your attention for one minute? I just, what I want to do now, guys, is just put a seal on those words. Just looking around, I can sense that some of you are very stirred. And if you're not visibly stirred, that's absolutely fine. Because the, the Holy Spirit can wake you up in the night and bring back one of these words and ask you to talk and speak and pray into it. You can find yourself in circumstances. Is what the Spirit of God does. He reminds us of the things Jesus has said. The Spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. So the only way you can really receive the prophetic is as if Jesus is saying it. It's the only way it works. Amen. Yes, Lord. Amen. I believe this is you, Lord. So I, I just want to agree with them words as an individual, part of you, and yet he's also not a part of you. And say that what I see in Junction 10 now is probably the most exciting thing that I've ever seen. The most exciting. Because the Lord has taken you on a journey where some things have happened that many of you have you've had to trust the leadership. You've been probably dismayed at certain points in time. You've been taken down in numbers, but maybe broadened in strength. You've been brought to a place where you are more dependable on him. And where you rely on him and need him to do more than you maybe did in the past. That is an incredible place to be. And I'll prophesy that you will see the most amazing things taking place. Even within the next five years. You're going to see things that will make your hair stand on end. It is the obedience to the word of God that opens up possibilities. With God, all things are possible. In the Greek, do you know what the word all means? All. All things are possible. Is there nothing that this God cannot do? Can you imagine the church being a cancer-free zone? If you can't imagine it, it will never happen. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly above all we ask, as prayer, or think, as our imagination. Can you imagine 
where there's just not a building big enough. It's just not big enough. Can you imagine where depression, where you bring people into a space, it doesn't have to be the church building, by the way, it's more around you, where depression's lifted, generational depression's lifted, Alzheimer's. I know, guys, I know this is sensitive, but some of this, all of this is in our families and friends. Can you imagine, can you conceive of a day where, when Jesus said, go, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, declare the gospel. That our mandate has never changed. It has never changed. What a privilege to carry hope into the lives of people, to carry healing. I want to stir hope in your heart that this is for you as an individual, as part of a body that the Lord has called to be specifically for now. This is a now word. And I'm not saying forget the past, because the place we're going to start to pray is to thank the Lord for the, what he's done. What he's done over 40 years in Junction 10. We're going to start there. And then I'll, I've just pulled a few things out. I'm going to pray short prayers together, and maybe in twos and threes. And then I'll hand over to one of you guys, and you wrap it up. Is that okay? So if you have the strength, would you stand with me? And again, guys, it depends what type of church we're in. We can be in a Pentecostal church where everything's really quiet. We can be in a Methodist church or an Anglican church where everyone goes wild. Volume doesn't really make the difference. It's the intensity of your heart. But I don't mind volume. It's great. So I'm going to start to pray in a minute and thank the Lord. I'll pull the mic away from me. I'm just going to get you started. And I want you to give your thanks to the Lord for what he's done. Please don't start with where you're not, what you haven't got, how ill you are, how things ain't great. Even if that's the case, start from, Lord, thank you for all of the things that you've done in this place. Yeah? So we start. Father, we thank you. We raise our voices. We lift our hearts. And we thank you for the work that you've done in this place. We bless you, Lord, for 40 years, four decades, Lord, where you've honored your word where people have been saved, people have been healed. Things have happened, Lord. Possibilities have been released. Is unity. Let's thank the Lord for a level of unity that we have, but let's call up a level of unity that is beyond anything we've ever experienced because where, where we are one, God is able to command a blessing that we can't contain. Okay, so let's, let's ask him for that. Let's call that up. Lord, we thank you for unity. We thank you for the sense of togetherness that we have in this season. In seasons past, but we call out, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to anoint this body with a level of unity, a oneness, John 17, oneness, that will release them into places, that, oh my God, into places where your glory is released. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Okay? So that'd be quite short prayers. You've got to get in there quick. We're now going to pray around the building, which I know to some of you is massive, and the la well, all of us is massive, but maybe some more than others. The land and then finances. So, I, guys, I'm, I'm going out on a limb here, but I think the Lord's talked to us about buildings. So, I, I, and I still believe, passionately in my heart, that that land is ours. It's strategic. And when I say ours, I'm also speaking on behalf of the Black Country Church, because you're meant to be a pillar in that. Well, you are a pillar in that, forgive me. Maybe an even bigger pillar in the years to come, the decades ahead of us, should the Lord tarry. So, I'm going to pray with you specifically that that piece of land is strategic for the Spirit of God to real estate to put something down from heaven that will touch the nations. Do you want to agree with me on that? Yeah. 
Let's go for the building, then we'll touch the land. Lord, thank you for this building that you've promised us. Come on, guys, stir it up. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. Thank you what you've already said. Thank you, Lord, that when you build things, when you build things, Lord, they remain. In the name of Jesus. In the name of... Guys, can I just... I'm, I'm really sorry to do this, but I have to follow the Spirit. I, that, that child that was dedicated today is called Jaden. My understanding is that Jaden was a temple builder. Is that right? Is that definitely right? Okay. Guys, somehow we need to call the kids into this. Not necessarily now, but we need to pray for the faith of our children to rise up to call the building because Jaden was a temple builder. So let's not think this is all about just us having the right resources and the right plans. This is about the Spirit of God. This is something supernatural. So why can't our kids be involved in the release of something, yeah? Sorry, carry on. Father, we call it up. Release our children into this, the release of this building, Lord. In Jesus' name, release Jaden's, Lord. Give us the vision, Lord. Give us the context. Give us the connections, Lord. Release that building into reality, we pray. Build your temple, Lord, in the right time, the right place. We accelerate it forward into now, Lord. We accelerate it. We ask you, Lord, release the resources required for that land to be possessed. We, let's pray for the land now, guys. We, Lord, we, we speak words over that land at Junction 10. We speak words, Lord, that will be a fruitful place, the contamination disappear. That will be a, a land, Lord, special land, special place, a now place. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. 30 seconds, guys. The land, the building, the land. Come on. Let's touch heaven. Let's release something. Release a sound from your heart. Come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. Thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Okay, guys. Two, two quick things that were specifically referred to. Finance. Because, let's be honest, someone, somewhere, someone's, whether it's us, whether it's outside, some of the stuff Kev's into now, whether it's council, education, we need finance. We don't mortgage the next generation. We ask for an Isaac. Yeah? Let's pray. Release the finance, Father, from your hand, from your words. We don't mind how you do it, Lord, but we call forth. We call up the finances. We see it, Lord. We believe for it, Lord. We know you're going to provide it. We thank you ahead of time, Lord, that you're going to provide it. We thank you ahead of time, Lord, for what's going to come. We thank you, Lord, that you will connect the finance with the land. In Jesus' name, connect the finance with the land. The last but one, red tape. Kev will keep you here all afternoon if I asked him to tell you about the red tape that's involved, even right now. So who is able in Warsaw to get to the chief exec, the mayor, the head of the council, all the MPs? Who is able to wake them up in the middle of the night and give them a word? Because I ain't. And believe it or not, neither is Kev. Who is? Let's talk to him. Let's talk to him. Come on. Thank you, Lord. You speak to kings. You speak to princes. You smile when th men say things cannot be done. You smile. Thank you, Lord, that all things are possible to him who believes. All things. All. All. And we break. 
we break the power of the enemy who would seek to rob, to hinder, to kill and destroy, to keep the plans and purposes of God back. We speak to you in the name of Jesus and we say, be gone, be removed, let my people go in Jesus' name. And all the people said, amen. That was the last one. Indulge me. The thing that I long to see more than anything, probably currently, is a release of signs and wonders in the church. Not so we hype it up and we turn our church into the latest Reading, California or Pensacola, but that where there is a place, there is a place where the Lord rests in ways that we've never seen before. There's something going to happen, I'm telling you now, in another part of the black country, there is something going to happen in a congregation where that is going to happen. I, we just, I just know it's going to happen. But why not Junction 10 as well? Yeah? So, Lord, agree with me. Lord, we ask you, as our dad, we've heard of your fame. We stand in awe of your deeds. But will you do something so remarkable in our day that men and women will come from all over the world to see what you're doing in this congregation? in this church and in this town. And Lord, we promise we will not own that glory for ourselves, but that we will give you all the glory. And that we expect to see thousands and thousands and thousands come to know you because you are marking your presence with signs and wonders. Lord, let this church understand more and more of the supernatural. Let every individual person, Lord, begin to seek you and have a thirst for you in the secret place to host your presence in ways that, Lord, they don't even understand themselves, such that when they come together, there is just such a sense of expectation of all that you can do and achieve. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Take your seats, please. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I'm sure these words can be sent on to anyone that's hungry. Ask for the menu. We'll send, you the, we'll send these on to you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being so receptive. Because when you come to your hometown, sometimes it's really hard. Uh, but you've been wonderfully receptive. Some lovely smiles. And uh, I'm praying and journeying with some of these guys with you that you are going to see just the most amazing, amazing decade. In Jesus' name, amen.